he mana kote kaura i kuriai. Don't wish for something, go out and get it. E naiwi o te motuki naiwi no wahiki, no mai ki te hotaka nei a te ahikā, ko Maraea Rakuraku Ahau. Ko Justin Maria Ahau, welcome to Te Ahikā, our Kaupapa Māori series on Radio New Zealand National, giving insight into things Māori. Hapua Niwi politics can often give you a headache. Nera, Justine. Sure can. A few things about collective Māori decision-making. We can often talk an issue to death. And while we don't necessarily agree with each other at the end of the day, we're still whānau and have to find some kind of harmonious resolution. Which may only suit for the time being and may not even be harmonious, but can show the dynamic of representing collective interests and Māori decision-making at its best. Sound confusing? Well, it can be, but as long as both parties in a dispute are talking and trying to reach a resolution, it's good, right? Which is what went on a few weeks ago between Te Arawa Hapu Natiwahiao when they were protesting at the wording of a bill in its final stages of becoming law. That, for Te Maru Ngatiwahiao, effectively excluded them from any say in the lands they have lived on for hundreds of years. Okay, so there are eight members of the Whakarewarewa Joint Trust. I mean, that still only gives Ngāti One seat. One voice. Well, yes, we do have John Waka there who does represent us uh, through the Tupumo Tanga side. However, um, Wahiao, yes, has one voice at the moment. So that's one against seven. Yes, but at least we've got toe in the door. Grace Hoyt of Te Maru o Ngāti Wahiao. She'll be joining us a little later on Te Ahikā, describing what happened when her hapu fought against what was looking like a foregone conclusion. Lillian Gray is the grower of Lil's Kumara in Uawa, Tolaga Bay. And she has a theory why Māori gets sick and die young. And it's not necessarily based on any hard actual health studies, but what she encounters every day as a gardener and in her weekly commute between Uawa and Tokomaru Bay. See all these gardens here, along here, are uh, all chemical. They, um, uh, they belong to Leda Brand and Sadenko's and they're so full of chemicals that these gardens here actually make our Māori people sick. Lillian Gray is coming up. That's all before we close the programme with the cool air sounds of Electric Wire Hustle. Kotemia tuatahi. First up, an iwi who have taken whakapapa and iwi knowledge out of the whare nui and put it into, of all things, a board game. I tēnei wā kai te kōrunuatua hau kia Alex and uh, Edwards e pāna ki tētahi uh, kēmu me ki. Kia ora, kia ora Alex. Uh, kia ora Justine. <laughs> Kotemia tuatahi e, uh, e hoa ko waikwe nohia koe. Ani ka te mihi atu ki a koutou e whakarongo mai ana, he uri tēnei nō te pārekerekitanga o ngā rangatira o kahuninu, ara nō te wairua tāpokorau. Ko Alexanne Edwards tōku ingoa, he kai mahi a hau i roto i te tari o ngā te kahunganu iwi, nā reira tēnei anō te mihi atu ki a koutou. Uh, ko tātaua kōrero e pāna ki tētahi kēmu, a new board game, um, ko te tino kaupapa, um, e pāna ki te iwi o Ngāti Kahunganu, tika tēnā? Aera. Ai, me, me kōrero hia mai te, me ki te whakapapa o tēnei kēmu. Nō ku te whakaaro i a hau e whakākoa nei roto i te ātārangi. Nā, i roto i ngā akoranga ka whakāko i ngā kaupapa Kahunganu, hei hāpai ngā kupu e akoana te akonga. Nā, ka mutu te kaupapa me ki, uh, ko taku aromatawai ko te tuku pātai, uh, ko te patapātai, nō reira kuera te kohinga o ngā pātai, um, e hāngai tonu ana aua pātai ki ngā kaupapa kwa ako, ana i te taurua mano mā fitu, i whai tūranga hau i roto i te tari o iwi, ki te tautoko i ngā whānau ki te ako i te reo Māori, uh, I tuku atua hau i ngā pātai ki ngā whānau, hei kīmu, uh, me tō rātou koa. Uh, ko tētahi hoki o ngā kōrero i puta, uh, e pāna ki o rātou pēpeha. Nō reira, kei runga i te puri, puri i te papa, um, o te kīmu ko ngā pātai e pātai ana, um, ko wai tō maunga, ko wai tō hapu aharānei, uh, ko Ko te tikanga o era, kia waia te akonga, kia waia te tangata, ki te whakahua i tōna pēpeha. 
Nō reira koe rā te tino ngako o te ahunga mai o te kimu nei. So, so what you're saying, um, Alex, is it began as an Atarangi project? Aye. To, to, to help. It was a part of a Aromatawai, was it, so it was a part of your um, assessments or assignments? Uh, Kote assessment. assessment. So you created, um, I suppose, a, a resource, which is this game, this board game to, to pass on to others, your family, um, to learn te reo. Aye. Aye. So, um, um Shaha itahi o ngā kōrero mai te whānau, mai tō kaiwhakāko ki a koe pāna ki tēnei rauimi? Oh, um, i te taha o ngā, ko te, ko ngā kōrero i tino rongoa hau, mai ngā whānau ko te ohorere me ki, i te mea ko te nuingo ngā pātai, ko ngā, Tamariki ke, no, i mōhio ke ngā tamariki ki ngā whakautu. Um, he mea hau te nuinga wenei pātai ki o rātau mātua, ki etahi o ngā kau mātua i tākoro. Uh, nō reira, ai, he kōrero pai te nuinga o ngā kōrero kua rongo. <laughs> so it's received some great feedback from ai. kau mātua, ngā, ngā tamariki and, and, and whānau. Ai. I te wiki o te reo Māori i whakatū mātou o ngā te kahunanu i tētahi pō patapātai. Uh, waru te kanga tangata i, I haramai ki te tākaro, ana ko ngā pātai katoa nō tēnei kēmu. Ko wetahi o awa tangata nō uh, te takiura, nō um, te tāhuhu o te mātauranga, ko ngā whānau tonu, um, nō te kōhanga reo, me tō rātou harikoa ki te, uh, ki te tākro i tētahi kimu mō kahunganu tonu. Oh, kāpai. So what you're saying is that you held a, a trivia pursuit night and many facets of the community attended uh, to play the game and they answered um, some of the questions. So, um, Alex, ko te, te ingoa o tēnei kimu ko tōku iwi ne. He kemu e ori te ana tēnei ki a Trivia Pursuit ne. Nō reira, hia hate tino mehemea kai te hia hia hau ki te tākoro, if I wanted to play this game with my whānau, hia hate hia hanga ture. Well, māma noi honga ture. <laughs> ko te tuatahi e rima ngā momo kaupapa pātai. Uh, hioi i mua i ea Hurihanga, ka whakautu te tangata i tētahi pātai, ne? Mehe me ka he, ana ka huri te huringa ki tētahi atu. Engari, ki te tika, ana ka haere tonu, ka takahuri koe i tō mata ono, ana ka neke ngā tapa, um, ngā hōkai, ka tahi, ai, ka pera, just whakautu i ngā pātai, te mea nui. Ko tāku nei titiro, um, kei a hau i tehi o ngā whakaritenga e pāna ki tēnei kēmu, so I've got some information about the game. Ko te meki, ko te, te mata o te kēmu e oriti ana ki tētahi a whare nui, ne? So koe rā te meki te, te, board, um, te board game o tōku iwi? Ai. Ai. So he kēmu tēnei um, oh, e oriti ana ki a trivia pursuit mā, ki a ki a ki etahi ati o ngā kēmu? E hara tēnei kimu mō e pāna ki a, e, e, e ori te ana ki a Monopoly mā, Snakes oh, and Letters mā, ne. Ahako, e whakapaukaha ki a pera i a Monopoly, engari o, te uaua. <laughs> okay. um, he, he kimu tēnei manga tangata katoa o manga iwi, manga uri o Ngāti Kahununu anake? I tēnei wā, oh, I tēnei wā mō Ngāti Kahununu anake, Ngā uri o Ngāti Kahununu anake, uh, hiui, a te wāpea, ka taia, well, ka taia e iwi ke, te whakamahi, te waihanga pia i tō rātou ake, kia so, rite. Ai, ai, oh, kia ora, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the questions at this stage, um, Alex, is um, tailored for members of... Ngāti Kahunganu. Um, although, if, I, I suppose, um, if you wanted to learn more about Ngāti Kahunganu, you know, any, anybody could play it. Ai, ai. Kei roto hoki, um, ko ngā hononga ki waka ke atu, pēnei i, uh, 
I moi uh, tau hei kuri i uh, tamatai pūnoa nō tehea waka, ne? nō te waka mātātua. Koera tētahi o ngā pātai. So other subjects or other topics that people can learn while playing this this board game toku iwi is um, tikanga, history, hapu, pepeha, whakatauki, whakapapa. Ai. Ai, ai. Ko tāku nei mōhio, um, oh, nā wai i hanga, nā wai i, I whakamahi a tēnei kemu. Oh, taku wai māri e, i, I te wai rido i ahau te, tēnei tūranga i roto i te tari nei, i whakai rātau kia hanga, kia utu i te nama. Um, I te mea ko au tērā e kutikuti ana i ngā kāri, uh, e rā momo mahi i muara, i ngari tēnei wa nō te tari. <laughs> nō te tari, so the office where you work um, helps you to formulate the games. Uh, wai mari e hoki. <laughs> Tō wai mari e hoki. Alex, ko koe te meki te kai, te kai hanga o tēnei kēmu, um, hia ha o hia hia mō ngā rā kai te heke mai, what do you, where do you see the game going? I tēnei wa kei roto te kēmu i te reo Māori anake, Hioi, kei te mōhio au te toko maha, uh, kei wahora kari te mōhio ki te reo, ahako taku hiahia ke ako rātau i te reo. Um, nō reira, ko te hiahia ke puta atu anō tēnei kimu i rato i ngā reo erua, ko te tino whainga o, te, o tēnei kimu ko te whakapakari i oku whanaunga i ngā uri o ngā te kahuninu um, ki ngā mātauranga o kahuninu me ki kia uh, mōhio rātou ki ngā kōrero uh, mō ngā te kahuninu. Nō reira, aha ko reo Māori reo pākiha, um, koera te tino hiahia. Um, at, at this stage, at the early stage of the game, um, it's only in te reo Māori, and, but eventually, um, even though this game teaches te reo, because not many, or you know, there are many people that don't know the language, you'd like, you um, would like to see it in both languages, English and Māori? Yes. Aye. Um, kei ki tērā, uh, Alex. Oh, e, e hia o tau. Rua te kau ma ewa. Rua te kau ma ewa. So, tēnā pia kataia e koe ki te, ki te mahi entrepreneur pia. <laughs> ne? <laughs> Karua ka haramai te, te pūtia ki a koe, ne? Um, nō reira, kei tuatū, he mihi tēnei ki a koe, tō mahi pai, tō mahi pā rekarekara wātū. Kia ora. Kia ora. Alex Ann Edwards of Ngāti Kahununu Iwi talking with Justine about the innovative way they're reconnecting Kahununu Iwi with each other. And for details on the board game Tōku Kahununu, head to our webpage radionz.co.nz and click through to Te Ahikā and today's broadcast and you'll see some info there. I'm Maraia Rakraku. And I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahikā. Ngāpū Manawa e Waru is not only the name of a whare at Ruatō, which is on the road between Rotorua and Whakatāne, but it's also used to describe the eight descendants from which the hapū of Te Arawa Iwi come from. Translated, it means the eight beating hearts of Te Arawa. Now, Te Arawa is the iwi that's based around the Rotorua region and the Bay of Plenty. Its boundaries stretch from Maketu in the northeast to Tongariro Maunga in the south. The eight descendants of Te Arawa, or Ngāpū Manawa e Waru o Te Arawa, are Rātōrua, Tāuru Ao, Rangi Aohia, Rangi Whakaike Ao, Rākei Ao, Kawatapurangi, Apu Moana, Tūhaurangi. And from those eight come the principal hapu of Te Arawa that include... Now here comes a geography lesson, Te Ahikā styles, about the Rotorua area. There's Ngāti Rangi Wewehi near Awahau, which is past Nongotaha. Ngāti Whakaue, it's around about Ohinemutu. Ngāti Pikiao, now they're from around Lakes Rotoiti and Rotoma. Rangi Te Aorere, now that's just past the Rotorua Airport on your way to Whakatane and it borders on Ngāti Pikiao. Tu Haurangi, they lived around Tu Kapuarangi and Te Tarata, otherwise known as the Pink and White Terraces at the time of the Tarawera eruption in 1886. And finally, Ngāti Wahiao, who are from around the area around Te Whakarewerewa, that's where the famous Te Puea geyser is. When Tarawera volcano exploded over 120 years ago, the remaining Tu Haurangi people there we relocated and so they joined their relations back at Te Whakarewarewa. Now fast forward to 2009, 
Both peoples have been living together harmoniously and there's about to be a sign-off on a bill legislating that all the whenua is managed by Te Whakariwariwa Trust that's made up of a whole lot of Te Arawa entities. And there's Te Maru o Ngāti Wahiao, a trust representing Ngāti Wahiao, lined up with flags and placards protesting about their exclusion from the very discussions that will impact upon them. Now, that's not exactly a picture of unity or something you want to be showing the world either, especially when through intermarriage you're effectively the same people, right? Hmm, well, maybe not so much, Mariah. We get into the world of hapu and iwi politics and Māori decision-making We are a of a village in Valley. When you cross the river, the Puaringa River, and you come into our village, that's Ngāti Wahiaos. When we step outside of our village, we do call it all Tuharangi Ngāti Wahiao. Wahiao, our tūpuna, was the, what would you call it, um, toa rangatera for Tuharangi. He was the warrior chief. He did all the fighting for Tuharangi. Maru o Ngāti Wahiao, it is a maru. It is a tikanga base where the hapu can come in and kōrero. It meets on a monthly basis. And it's it's set up in such a manner so um, each entity or each whānau that wants to register a business with the marua can. But as a tikanga-based um, entity, it does have a legal entity underneath it, which is the Ngāti Wahia Charitable Trust. When the, the eruption of Mount Tarawera occurred... Oh, we that... took our whanaungas in. They came over, we uffied them during after the eruption. And, you know, the interesting thing is they've, they've returned other lands. Like they were given land over uh, Ngāti Marua, they return that land to Ngāti Maru. Um, they've been given land in, uh, what's it down there, Napuna Way. Um, not the far, they sold that one. Um, Matakana, all around the place. You know, they were gifted land after the eruption. We, uh, Topupuke, our uh, rangatira, they gifted to Haurangi land within uh, Waka Valley. And uh, we don't dispute that. All we're saying at the end of the day is that Ngāti Wahiao is the mana whenua. And that, what, that's all it comes down to is, is about mana whenua. Our hapu is currently involved in treaty settlements, as quite a few others are. Uh, we have, although this is not a treaty settlement, it was removed from the treaty settlements, this is the, the Whakarewerewa and Roto Atamaheke Bill. The Whakarewerewa and Roto Atamaheke Vesting Bill reflects a unique milestone that all parties have agreed to initiate a process. After the bill becomes law, which will allow iwi to determine the allocation of mana whenua interests in the lands. We have some major issues with the bill and the way that it's fundamentally written. The way it's structured is uh, the mana whenua or beneficial entitlement determination process is what it's called in the bill. It's flawed. It is uh, put together by a joint trust. Now this so-called joint trust can form into a company and they will determine the mana whenua process and who will facilitate it. Not actually the iwi or the hapu. In Whakarewera Valley lands, we have Ngāti Wahia with our three koro mātua hapu. Now Ngāti Wahia is made up of more than three hapu. But there are only three that whakapapa to whakarewerewa. Okay, so that's our kurumatua hapus. Hinganoa, Tukitirangi, and Huarere. And then we have three Ngāti Whakaui ones, which are um, Huronga, Tarangi, Taiotu, and Kahu. Now, there are only six hapu in that valley, and that was very first documented in the native Māori land courts in 1882, before the eruption, when our tūpuna, Mr. Topapuke, uh, took that court to sort out the lands then. And so there were only ever six hapu in that valley. Now we have two haurangi in there. So you see, we have major concerns when that six hapu have always stood out very clearly on their own. Yes. We don't have any issue with whakaui. We've got other stuff there, but but um, we know that they're in the valley just like we are. But yes. um, when it comes to um, afiing the whanau and then they're putting their name to it, it's a different story. With the endorsement process that they went through, Ngāti Wahia, like we said, our three hapu are not big when it comes to the, the whole of Tūhaurangi. So it's very easy to come into our whare and outnumber us in votes. From the very beginning was to have our own roles so that we could have our own and not be outnumbered. Yeah. That people had to show their whakapapa through Ngāti Wahia. And it's interesting enough, the bill shows very clearly that Ngāti Whakaue is allowed to have their own whakapapa 
they go back to the list, I think it was 1883 list of their tūpuna list that was registered in the Māori land courts um, of all his, the three, the koe hapu. If you can whakapapa to those three tūpuna, those tūpuna you can vote. Now, the interesting thing is that register also has Ngāti Wahiau's three hapus. We wanted the same. If you can whakapapa to ours, our three um, hapu are there, then you can you can vote also, but we don't have, we we're not accorded the same fairness. And the irony is this joint trust that's been put together. Um, Ngāti Whakaua held their elections last September and chose their trustees. Ours have been appointed, and the bill says they only have to be appointed. Ngāti Whakaua, the bill says they're allowed to hold elections. With ours, it says two Pumatangas are allowed to appoint them. So it sounds like what Grace Hoyt is saying is that she's worried about whether the interests of Te Maru or Ngāti Wahiau, as the mana whenua, the people from Te Whakarewarewa, I mean, whether they'd be protected by Te Whakarewarewa Joint Trust. But aren't the current members on the trust members of Ngāti Wahiau? So effectively, aren't they the same people? Well, yeah, I asked her. Grace, isn't this just an issue of... Ngāti Wahiau basically sorting out their own raru? Is it an internal well, raru? Well, it would be nice, but the trouble is the government is the one that coupled us together in the bill. They they wrote us in together as part of a ways when they first started the whole process of treaty settlements. They put us together under a, uh, what was it? Because it would be a, a way of streamlining resources and things like that. That's how we suddenly became this Tuharangi Ngāti Wahiau. Now people go, oh, it's been around for years, it's always been like that. It hasn't always been like that. Our kui and kōro didn't talk like that. When they called it all, they called it all Ngāti Wahiau. Now in 1886, when Mount Tarawera erupted, the people living there, Tuharangi, found themselves homeless, so they shifted. Now the bulk of them went to Whakarewarewa, where Ngāti Wahiau people live. Now, Whakarewarewa is the village on the outskirts of Rotorua City, full of geysers with a long tradition of tourism. And the Whakarewarewa Joint Trust takes its name from the area, though its members represent the whole of Te Arawa Iwi. So, back to two weeks ago, Te Maru o started protesting, calling a media to draw attention to the concerns of what they saw as no representation of their needs. Trying a number of strategies, and no doubt heaps of hui, one which was with Te Pumotanga o Te Arawa. The other ropu created by Te Arawa Iwi in 2006 to manage assets as settled through Tree of Waitangi claims. Te Pumotanga o Te Arawa represent 24,000 people of 11 Te Arawa Iwi and hapu. Now we went into a facilitation process with Te Pumotanga uh, when we couldn't work it out. We got right down to the very nuts and bolts of it all and then at the very end, the Tupumotanga Tuhorangi Ngātuaga reps refused to sit down and finish it off with us. And I mean, all credit to Peter Sharples, he did put a facilitation process into place, which he put uh, Tūroa Flavel and John Clark from TPK in to facilitate between the parties. They did a wonderful job, they did a very good job, and then in the end, Tupumotanga reneged and didn't finish it off. But now, we believe, just in the last week, Eddie George has sent a letter to Peter Sharples, which we, uh, Peter sent a letter back to us telling us what had happened, that um, they would give full assurances that they would complete what they said they would do in the facilitation process. But what our issue was is that, at the end of the day, a letter doesn't stand up to legislation. A letter has no legal clout whatsoever. So you can attach all the letters you want to the bill, but it doesn't mean it gets read out as per se. Um, it ends up just being a letter. And they want us to go on good faith and trust that the letter is going to hold up. Well, I'm sorry, but they've shown no good faith. They've had no election process for, for the two Pumotanga reps um, for us to be represented on that joint trust at all. So well, exactly that all came to a standstill and, and continued with a bit of frustration. The Maru Ngāti Wahiau started looking for more public ways of drawing attention to what they saw was an injustice. So with all that toing and froing, enter the Minister of Māori Affairs, Peter Sharples, who found himself almost refereeing what some may say still was an internal hapu problem. 
we're only talking about a very small slice of a valley, 70 acres or so of the Whakarewera Valley, which includes Pohutu. We didn't care about the Puya business. As far as we're concerned, they could keep the business. We're only in it for our whenua. Why? It's because our koi rely on that valley. And anything south of the Puaringa stream, where Pohutu sits, that's our valley. That's the only bit. It's a little triangle of 70 acres, and that's all we're fighting for. That's all we have. Tuharangi's already been given thousands of acres out Tarawera. They can have that. You know, I, I mean, I love my Tuharangi side, but at the same time, there's got to be respect for the mana whenua. We always have and we always will. And just to clarify, the maunga you're talking about is Mount Tarawera? Aye. Yeah. Aye. And I know it's historical and people say, get over it. But hey, you don't get over it when you've been there for several hundred years before someone else comes along. And seven hectares, acres of land, hardly... Seventy acres of that land is not much to ask for for our little valley back. Aye. But we know that um, it is also the jewel in the crown of tourism. So, Grace... If things or if if um if what if want if what te maru o Ngāti Wahia want doesn't go their way, what then? Like we said, we won't be moving. We won't be moving anywhere. You know, we've we've got to go back to our people and talk with our people, and stay in touch with them. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Puya has been occupied before, and there's whānau that have been in that occupation that are up there now, still holding it. They held it for 72 days last time. And people need to know, if it wasn't for those activists back then, we would have lost it back then because it was going to the Asian consortium back then. But now it's going to a Māori consortium not made of, uh, not necessarily made up fully of mana whenua. But like we said, you know, we weren't in it for the business, but we will clearly hold our own valley. There's no way in the world that we're going to give up our, our tūpuna. So the the protest itself, uh, Grace, when was the call made to, uh, to to stage the protest? Well, it was when uh, we were told that the third reading was going to go ahead without any changes, um, and that was last week. And we've stayed on ready, and I'm ready to go, that is. Um, and then it was, again, we were, it was delayed for a week, and then it came up again yesterday, that the bill was going to go through and be read. It did go through and it was read. But however, we're not moving until we have that meeting this Saturday in our whare. And that meeting is very clearly Wahiao wants at least two of its own seats with its own name with no attachments to Tuhorangi to it. You know, there are other things. I mean, as far as we're concerned, we can easily stand up any any Waitangi tribunal and lay down our whole history and... and and say very clearly where we sit as mana whenua. We already had our, uh, our tourism business going before uh, the Maunga Blue. We already have the old posters from 1876, and we know that the Maunga Blue in 1886. But the thing is, you know, we will always up here to because they're buried there. So, what's the real issue? Is it about representation on a board or something deeper like your ties to your whenua or land? At the end of the day, we all know that we whakapapa back to Tuhorangi. But because the grandparents or the great-grandparents come to live with the mukapuna, if I go to live with my mukapunas, that doesn't mean I own their house and their land. It means I'm their manuhiri. Te Maru o Ngāti Wahio, there's been some developments. What's happened since uh, the protests that took place on the 28th of October? What's happened since that, um, on the 30th of October, uh, we had a meeting at Wahiao, our Farenui, and um, uh, that was for the Whakarurua Joint Trust. Now, this is a joint trust that's been put together as part of the Whakarurua and Ngotua Tamahike Act. And that came into um, into play oh, the Wednesday before October the 30th. And in there they elect eight trustees, which um, is a joint trust. It's a holding trust. They hold all the assets, which includes uh, the valley and Tapuia. And in there we have Pukiroa, Ruafata, Ngāti Whakauwe, Tuhorangi and Ngāti Wahiao. The 
entities represented through the Whakarewa Rewa Joint Trust are Te Pumautanga o Te Arawa Trust, Pukerua Orua Fata Trust, Ngāti Whakaue Lands Trust, Te Kotahitanga Te Kotahitanga o Ngāti Whakaue and the Tuhaurangi Tribal Authority and the Rahui Trust. No. <laughs> How it is is Te Pumautanga is actually Tuhaurangi Ngāti Wahia representatives there. Right. How it goes out is um, two Pukirua Fata seats, two Ngāti Whakaue seats, three uh, Tuhaurangi Ngāti Waiha seats which are represented by Tupumo Tanga representatives and now we have one Ngāti Waiha seat. So these seats came about as a result of the discussion that you had on the 30th of October? The one Ngāti Waiha seat did, yes, because what it is is a large majority of our hapu are not registered with Tupumo Tanga. They only have about 600 Ngāti Waiha registrations there. Um, so as far as we're concerned, that's, that's several thousand of our hapu that are not registered and not represented. So Te Maru Ngāti Wahia will represent the larger hapu. How many Ngāti Wahio are there? Well, Chris? you can't really say because, I mean, I know my family, there's a couple of hundred and I know the, the Wiripini whānau is like 500 and, you know, you've got whānau, the Tate whānau are also in there. You're big enormous amounts of whānau. So you can't really say. Uh, all we're looking at is around at least 3,000. Um, but there's enormous families there. So it's just a matter of us starting to register our whānau, which we're doing now. So is it seen as a victory that Ngāti Wahio now has its own single seat it's on that trust? It's seen as a positive, yes. It is seen as a positive. However, it's just uh, one step in a, in a in the right direction. It's progress. And would you say that came about as a result of the protest? Well, like I said, I'm not one to protest, but yes, probably. Otherwise, how else do you think Ngāti Wahio interests would have been represented on the Whakarewarewa Joint Trust? Well, they've ignored us in every other way, so it was an extreme last resort, and yes, I believe that they have finally heard that Ngāti Wahio was not going to sit back and not have one seat on its own trust. Because the issue was that Ngāti Wahio had been uh, almost thrown together with Tuhaurangi, so there was an issue there around Tuakana Taina, but also around who held the mana whenua for the area or the rohe that you were representing. And and what that is still an issue that has been, um, will be debated and elected on next February. We set the dates. We have a hui coming up December the 5th, which is a, 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 a hui that we put back to the people where they decide whether they want one vote or four votes. You know, it's one of those ones where you either choose your kurumatua lines and stick with that and vote from there. And then from those kurumatua lines, we elect our representatives who will who will be our facilitators and our mediators for the mana whenua process, which the government calls in the bill Beneficial Entitlement Determination Procedure. So then that's when they go in, they become our warriors, and they do the corridor for our mana whenua status in the valley. So how did the person get selected to represent Ngāti Wahio? Uh, it was open nominations from the floor, and everyone was given three minutes to do a corridor. Um, there were approximately nine nominations, and I believe there was at least four that rescinded and passed their support over to... Donna Hall, um, and then Donna also did her corridor, and and she had um, quite a landslide majority vote for her, and there was a, it was a big turnout. Mobilising protest action took but a number of days, after which a decision was made. We caught up with Grace Hoyt this week as she explains what that was. Okay, so there are eight members of the Whakarewarewa Joint Trust. I mean, that still only gives Ngāti Wahio one seat. One voice. Well, yes, we do have John Walker there who does represent us uh, through the Tupumo Tanga side. However, um, Wahiao, yes, has one voice at the moment. So that's one against seven. Yes, but at least we've got toe in the door. <laughs> that's how we see it. It's one small step. And the thing is, the joint trust is only a temporary trust. 
um, people have said to us, oh, you know, what are you, what are you doing? We said, it's only a temporary trust. It's a holding trust. It holds all the assets, which includes the value in that. And um, once the mana whenua is determined, who they are the final beneficiaries, everything moves towards them. So when we look at it, Grace, it really is a, a an issue around, well, it's it's driven by economics. It very much is driven by economics, totally driven by economics. And why that is, is our pōhutu, our valley, is the jewel in the crown of the tourism industry. And like everyone's wanted a slice of it, that's why the government took it in the first place. They all wanted a slice of that tourism dollar. And so that's what it's come down to, unfortunately. But we're not in it for that. We've always said that you can keep the business. We're not interested in that business. We know that our queer built that business. But we have our own business in the valley. And that was taken from us in 66, and our gate was moved up to Tapuya End. Um, and that was our whānau. But um, it's very much driven by economics. But like we said, we're not in it for the economics. All we want to know is that the land is going to be there for our mokopunas. Ko pohoturoa taku maunga, ko puaringa taku awa, ko wahia taku tupunafare, ko piatarihi piatris makiha taku kuia. No whakarewerewa au. Ko te arawa toku iwi. Ko Grace Hoite, ahi pene tēnei. Kia ora whānau. For hapu registrations, if you come from Whakarewerewa Valley, then call 0800 Wahiao. W A H I A O. 0800 Wahiao. Kia ora. Grace Hoyt, nor Nazi Wahiao. That should give heart to all those hapu or Māori groups out there thinking they don't have the resource or power to change a decision, eh? And an example of Māori decision making. I'm Maraia Rakuraku. And I'm Justine Murray, and this is Tiahika here on Radio New Zealand National. Next week, it's likely you'll bump into Tahu Portiki for the Hui A Iwi or AGM for Ngai Tahu. Earlier this year, I spoke to him about the revitalisation projects for Te Reo Māori that he's involved with. How has Ngai Tahu, and in your experience, worked to revitalise Te Reo Māori ki Kaitahu? Well, it has been uh, an iterative process in many respects, I suppose. I guess the uh, the warning bells started going off for some of the people in the generation before me uh, sometime around the 70s. I'd be fair to say there was a degree of complacency in, on many marais. Uh, people in my father's generation maybe watched the grandparents' generation taking on those leadership roles on the marae and not really anticipating that they would be that they would be lost from them quite quickly and without that next generation being prepared. And so there was quite a, a, a flurry, if you like, uh, in the 70s um, as people attempted to uh, pick up the gaps without that a body of language required to be fully proficient in marae ritual. And uh, since that time, I guess successive generations have made efforts. Uh, there were groups that were set up during the 80s to Wellington, to the Polytechnic, I think. Uh, quite a number of our people tried to learn Māori through through that way. Um, and then I guess it was our generation in the in the late 80s, early 90s particularly, that's, that that, that realised that uh, something much more comprehensive was required. I was um, watching with interest what Te Wānanga Orokoa were doing and I actually sent off a, um, a letter to uh, to Pitipi Walker and said, gee, can I come up and, and do some learning? And they were they sort of embraced me and, and I uh, became a, a real convert to the idea of, of total immersion uh, learning methodologies particularly marae-based, and we also started to learn from international experience and realise that that the real success in Māori language survival was going to be um, uh, families, uh, homes, communities uh, take, picking up the up the challenge and speaking Māori, and that's that's really where we've put our efforts. We've we've managed to convince many many people. Uh, we've managed to secure 
uh, their support, sometimes in the form of resources, sometimes in the form of uh, their participation and the promotion of um, Te Reo Māori in, in, in policy or in in the workplace, so it's been it's ended up being quite a comprehensive effort over the last uh, ten years, with some quite specific uh, objectives, and that's about Maori language in the home. So, um, from from those days, and, and and can you talk about your learning at at um, at Rokawa, Tahu? Was it was it a new thing for you? I mean, how was your learning there? It was great. It was very, very uh, positive, actually. I, um, I uh, was there and reasonably... I had been exposed to Te Reo Māori in one form or another uh, from early on um, is because I was lucky in that my family was pretty heavily involved in the marae in the, during my childhood. So it was something that was uh, part of my consciousness but not, part, not, not a day-to-day spoken uh, language in our home by any means. But... Um, uh, by the time I was uh, 16, I was uh, up in Christchurch as a Māori trade trainee boy, and so we had to learn a bit of Māori there. And then I looked at uh, Polytechnic when I was um, 20 or so and did a, a six-week course, but I realised that these were not great ways to acquire uh, fluency. So I, uh, as I said, sent a letter off to Te Wānangorokawa, and, and they, they embraced me, and I found the learning fantastic. There wasn't a huge number of people enrolled in the programs then. I think they were getting up to about 60 on some of the Wānanga. That was probably as, as high as they were getting. By the time I left, they might have been up to 150 within about two or three years of me attending those Wānanga. Now, I think they, they sometimes have several hundred, or they were certainly in the late 90s. Great numbers. But they, there was quite a young group of people similar age to myself, passionate about Te Reo Māori. We were lucky enough to have Komatua giving a lot of their time as well as well-organised people um, that were committed to the language, but it also had the benefit of of studying language revitalisation and the methodologies uh, that were going to be most effective. It was quite a comprehensive approach and um, quite a uh, a lot of reliance on on positive relationships and a good learning environment. So it was very very positive for me as a as a place to learn. And I remember I went and saw spoke to old Pitipi Walker and said I want to I want to do this down in the South Island. You know this is one of the reasons I'm coming here. We need to be able to pick this up. And he was remarkably encouraging actually. And and, and he just said Oh Tahu, if anyone's able to do it, you're the sort of person that can do it. Which you know was just the sort of thing which gives you that extra bit of confidence. Mm. Very, very good. It was very good. It was very, it was very positive for me, and um, I have always, um, you know, held Ngati Rokawa and um, Tatiawa Ngati to all those iwi that have been behind that Wananga in, uh, in, in high regard because of the way that they not only embraced me from Te Waipounu, but many other um, iwi members that were uh, so desperate to learn to deal. So, in a way, Piripi handed you the Rako. And you took oh, it was very, yes, yes, and and at the time, although we never um, had to do it, I, I, I talked with some of the younger ones that were um, as uh, which were tutors at the time, and um, they, they they had agreed to if we ever required their support, you know, to, that they would come down and and stand alongside me, and 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 we man, we managed to pull together a good team in the South Island, anyway. But uh, um, yeah, very much so, they were um, supportive, and we we had about. Eight, nine years, I think, after we kicked it off of, of uh, uh, Total Immersion Wānanga, three or so a year we held on the marae and um, uh, managed to provide the leadership for that from within ourselves and, and pull in some of our kaumātua that were fluent in Te Reo Māori uh, as a result of the fact that they were brought up in, in, in other iwi. Mm. Um, so, uh, so this was done in the South Island, Tahu? Yes, you you yes, started holding? South Island. Yep, um, in different marae all around the south, and um, from from the bluff through mm. to Kaikoura and across to the west coast. Yeah, it was great. Can you talk about the the strategies in terms of revitalising Te Reo, in in particular with Kaitahu? You know the various initiatives. Interestingly, the the the, um, the real strategies for revitalisation were set long before I was the CEO. We actually had our own independent. Uh, language planning body, and uh, at a hui, 97 or 98, I think it was, um, here in here in Dunedin actually. And uh, Rangi Nicholson, who was a part of our group, he, uh, we were trying to 
think about a vision. He actually uh, went away, and in the um, the following evening, he, when he was asleep, he sort of woke up in the middle of the night, and, and this idea came to him about um, a thousand homes. And so he he came to the meeting the next morning, and he relayed the story, and he said, you know, kotahi mano kaika, kotahi mano wawata. Man, there must have been like a masakite, like a vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's Rangi. I don't know if you know Rangi, but he's um he's a he's a, he was a great asset to us, and but a man absolutely passionate about Te Reo Māori, and he's also a, a you know a man of faith. And uh, what didn't surprise me at all that this is the way that um, he uh, uh, thoughts gestated within him, and and he was able to present that back to us, and we adopted it immediately, you know, on the spot as a fantastic vision and. The, the idea being that there will be a thousand homes and that's the realisation of a thousand dreams uh, that will be speaking to Reo Māori. So Tahu, did you ever think at that point in time that you were an iwi in Aotearoa that was being the trailblazer? You know, that no other iwi kind of been doing that at the time? Um, not not really. Not at the, I suppose we looked at it a little differently and we still do, to tell the truth. We see ourselves as um, um, the younger uh, brother, really, in terms of the Māori language relationship. We, and we understand, that, and, and, and it's interesting, because I know what you're saying, it's ended up being a bit of an ironic cycle, because in, in a short space of time, some of the iwi that um, were feeling very confident about the leadership of Te Reo Māori that resided in that generation of elders, uh, one or two decades ago, has now been faced with the same type of challenge that we were faced with. That is, as they have disappeared, there very well may be a, a young kuhangareo kura kaupapa graduate generation coming through, but there's this big swathe through the middle where they don't necessarily have the depth of Māori language. So uh, uh, now um, we have proven to be an iwi that has tested some of these things uh, long before... Uh, other iwi groups have had that opportunity. So, uh, you know, a little bit of irony. Uh, but at the time, no, we would not have seen ourselves as trailblazing. Mm. We were seeing ourselves as actually learning from the best. And that was something we adopted. Uh, and thanks to leadership from people like Rangi, who had spent a hell, uh, like a, a, a considerable amount of his uh, academic career looking at language revitalisation within Indigenous peoples and was able to point us in directions where we could draw on um, some of the most um, uh, expert peoples on the planet. So, Tahu, what is Kotahi Mano Kaika? Well, it's a vision for the iwi, and I guess one of the things we are uh, continually challenged by is how we give effect to that. Uh, There was a period of time where we actually had a number of people that were on the iwi payroll, and they were sort of to go into family homes and try and encourage those families to um, to actually pick up the language. We produced a lot of resources, and we've sort of withdrawn from that a little bit. Um, we've got um, here in Dunedin, we've got a couple of people that are uh, they they access a bit of funding from various sources, including from Ngaitahu. We have um, uh, a number of, of uh, events in the community through the year. We've had a uh, Kaitahu Reo Hui with um, uh, you know, about 60 or 70 people added down in Bluff, um, a good uh, number of them families that are committed to Te Reo Māori. Mm. It's, a, it's a range of initiatives and uh, resources, including people, including resources that can be accessed via our Ngaitahu Cultural Fund for people to support their own language initiatives and their own communities and their own homes. At the moment, it's 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 a bit of a, a series of initiatives that are really all aimed at encouraging that um, uh, th- th- those families to be able to um, stay true to the cope up of, of speaking real Maori in the home. Tahu Portiki no ngai tahu. Let's now head over to Uawa, Tolaga Bay, where I had an interesting conversation with an organic kumara grower, Lillian Gray, in one of the best places to have an interesting conversation in the car. See all these gardens here, along here, are all chemical. They um, uh, they belong to Leda brand and Sadenko's and they're so full up with chemicals 
that these gardens here actually make our Māori people sick. So what you're talking about is we're driving from um, Tokomaru Bay back down to Tolaga Bay, Tolaga Bay to Uwawa, and you're just pointing out to me some paddocks on, on as we're yep. driving past. How many how many acres is this? I would say over say a couple of thousand of acres. And you're saying all of this because it looks like they've just started tilling the soil. Or first they burn it out with chemicals, and then after that they put more chemicals into it. And that's why I believe it shouldn't be done here, but I suppose because they... Um, Is that because farmers are leasing their leasing land, out? land out? So who's Sedenko? Sedenko's their big product in Gisborne, that they do um, squash and corn and pea-lye. So they're a company? They're a company. And so by making our people sick, do you mean...? Well, I believe like um, there's so much chemicals in it that that's why I believe our Māori people are sick. Too much chemical, not enough organics. So you mean in terms of people working the land and tilling the soil, or yep. you mean when it comes at the end with the end product? No, when they first start the product to the end of the product. And because Māori, well, people eat those products. Products, and they come off the shelves, like in Gisborne or Wellington, wherever they export them to. It's just got so much chemicals in it that it's just no good for us. Māori. So, Lily, that's, you're talking about Sedinko, but I've never gone to a supermarket and bought Sedinko peas, so... I believe you have, McCain. I believe you have, McCain. You've bought McCain from, um, from you know... Pack and save or Woolworths. Um. That's what organic grower Lillian Gray thinks, and next week we'll be profiling some of the work the people in Tokomaru Bay are doing to get their people eating better. And it's much more than growing gardens, it's reconnecting people with their Māori tanga as well. Anaira, uh, Alex, and Edwards, Mete Fakatoki, Atene Wiki. Don't wish for something, go out and get it. To me, that's saying if you really, really want something, don't just lie there and, and wait for it to come to you with a silver spoon. Um, go out, get it, go hard, and you can achieve whatever your heart desires. Kia ora. He uri tēnei nō te pārekerekitanga o ngā rangatira o kahuninu ara nō te wairua tāpokorau. Ko Alexanne Edwards tōku ingoa, he kai mahi a hau i roto i te tari o ngā te kahunganu iwi. That's the end of Te Ahikā. You can contact us at teahikā at radioNZ.co.nz. That's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. About this broadcast, or if you have any stories relevant to Māori you think we may be into covering. He mihi atu ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki. Ki ngā hoa mahi, ngā mihi. Hoki mai anō a tērā wiki e te iwi. Mai te whanu a tia hikā ki a tātou katoa. Mauri ora!